And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the only podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. I was going to try. I was thinking up. I was walking. Let me tell you a little story. I was walking up. I, I just got home from work from my, uh, my full-time salary position. Walking up from the garage to my apartment. And I was thinking, maybe I should put in, say something different tonight. Tonight. It is a night. It is nighttime. I'm recording this. Maybe I should say something different. Maybe I should be different. Maybe I should do that. I ended up not saying anything different. <laughs> so here we are. It's constitutional. It's raining outside. Like I said, I just got back from work. Uh, watched a whole bunch of stuff for work today. Watched a whole bunch of shows. Mostly Law and Order. <laughs> but it's for work, I promise. All right, so. New setup. Well, not a new setup. It's just a different setup because I don't know how much time I don't know how much time I have. So let's just get into it as I uh, <laughs> do something on Facebook. Okay. All right. This story came in late last week. Sinclair uh, is going to buy 21 sports networks from Disney in a deal that is valued at more than 10 billion dollars. This comes from CNBC, written by my good friend. Uh, I don't see a name on this. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I really, I, I truly don't see a name. Uh, yeah, there's no name on this. Crazy. Some of the deals and IPOs section of CNBC markets. So if you enjoy that or CNBC, excuse me, if you enjoy that. Here are the bullet points. Sinclair Broadcast Group, which is... um. They're bad. <laughs> they make all of their uh, supposed to be neutral, you know, non-objective um, news state, local news stations that they own. It's supposed to make all of them supposed to be neutral, non-objective, obviously, like I just said. And they are largely conservative, <laughs> which is bad for news. Not that bad that they're conservative. I mean, everybody can have whatever they want, but bad for news. Anyway, the, is the largest U.S. broadcast station owner. They've reached a deal valued at more than $10 billion to buy 21 regional sports networks from Walt Disney. This is from the Fox Disney deal. This is from the 20th, 20th century side of the new Fox or whatever. <clears throat> the old Fox, excuse me. New Fox is 21st. The Wall Street Journal first reported the news, which has since been confirmed to CNBC by sources close to the situation. The deal reached by Sinclair would include uh, include sports channels in Los Angeles and Detroit, is expected to announce as early as Friday, according to Wall Street Journal. So this was last week, obviously. This is Thursday when I recorded this. Uh, the blah, 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 blah. Uh, Disney acquired the sports networks as part of the $71 billion acquisition of 21st Century Fox's film and television assets. So this is them offloading this stuff so that they can recoup some of the losses that they earned uh, buying the 20th Century uh, stuff there. And, uh, this is and more recently. Let me see if I can find new mutants. Uh, Disney has s- decided to hold off on new mutants. Uh, and apparently let's see the gambit movie is dead as well, but this is from a website I've never heard of before. <laughs> and obviously the gambit movie is dead, but new mutants, uh, has been pushed back. So Disney can do some retooling, and and uh, you know they're they're gonna hold off on Star Wars for a couple of years. 
The company agreed to sell networks after U.S. Justice Department said Disney, which owns the cable sports network ESPN, must divest the Fox networks that provide sports programming for regional and local markets. So this is, again, trying not to make it a monopoly, uh, which I think is uh, kind of crazy when Disney and now, you know, Disney Fox, you know, now Disney is kind of a monopoly in itself. Well, wherein I mentioned earlier, I think I mentioned episodes ago that Disney uh, owned 13% of the box office, which is not big, but you know, when 20, when, when they have this 20th century stuff come in, it's going to be huge. It's going to have a huge margin. Now it's just like Disney, Lionsgate, Paramount. I'm naming movie studios. Uh, I can't think of any more universal Comcast, man. Other studios for Disney's channels included Liberty Media, Big Three Basketball, whose management includes Jeff Quintetz and rapper and actor Ice Cube. Hmm. The potential deal for Disney sports networks would come after Tribune Media uh, terminated the sale of 42 stations in 33 markets of Sinclair last year. So I guess they just wanted to fight back. So there you go. Uh, Disney recoups some of those losses. Next up, I want to talk about one of my favorite shows. Superstore. Very funny. Check it out. It's on Hulu. Watch it. Very, very funny show. This comes from Mashable. Thursday's Superstore was part of a pivotal Hollywood moment. Written by Proma Kosla. There you go. Uh, so I saw this and I thought this is very interesting. The NBC is doing something called uh, Female Forward Initiative, which I didn't think any of their initiatives worked because they did have a uh, person of color initiative and I don't think anything came out of that. They had it, I think they ran it for like two years in a row and nothing came out of it. And I applied both years. I mean, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Green Cloud Green, the episode they aired last Thursday was directed by newcomer Heather Jack, who has years of production and direction experience, but never helmed an episode of a major network TV show before this. Jack is part of the inaugural class of NBC's Female Forward Initiative, a program that gets female directors on set with experienced mentors and then puts them behind the camera. Jack is one of 10 finalists who had directed episodes of everything from Brooklyn Nine-Nine to Law & Order SVU this season after shadowing established directors on their prospective series for three episodes. Jack and other candidates met with NBC producers and showrunners before being assigned to a show last summer. She has already been asked back uh, to return for an episode next season. Well, that's really, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And I'm glad these things are happening. Uh, 10, 10 uh, simultaneously feels like not enough, but also a lot because they're entrusting uh, their 22 to 24 episode network shows with people with women who have never done anything as big which i find very lovely female forward is entering a second year and while similar projects exist jack said that directing as well as shadowing made a huge difference and i think yeah shadowing is really really uh important for somebody who wants to direct and for for anybody in this industry um i know i learn a lot when i would whenever i'm on set I try to stick with the people I know stuff and ask them questions, you know, when it, when the time's appropriate <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, try not to piss them off, uh, and just try to, and try to get my hands dirty so that you can, so that I can know things when it comes time for me to know things. 
Jack has now worked in the industry for over 10 years, and she says she noticed a significant discrepancy between the gender breakdown at film school and festivals compared to working directors. Uh, obviously, it's overwhelmingly male. Uh, and you know, I don't know if this is racist or it's not racist, uh, but this is <laughs> this is something I think about all the time, uh, especially with Marvelous Miss Maisel having won you know all the awards these past couple of years, or uh, this past year actually. I don't even think I won <laughs> year before last or award show season before last, but it's very interesting to have. Uh, you know, to, to, you know, for fight for women and everything. But then uh, a lot of these things that I've seen and now, now this uh, Miss Jack is half Asian. So that's great. But I'm looking for, you know, for more people like her, more people of color like her to be in the spotlight. Uh, Whereas, you know, for something like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it was, it's a, it's a like a 99% white person show. Uh, made by all white females, you know, uh, mostly white women. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, it's it's just kind of tough. It's kind it's kind of tough to see that, and uh, you know, people are like, you know, fight for women, and then secretly, I it, it kind of feels like you know, just like fight for women, white women. Uh, <laughs> uh, whereas, you know, I don't know. It's just, I mean, like you see backlash with Meghan Markle. Uh, being married to Harry from, you know, people. Um, and you never, you don't see a lot happening with, uh, you know, you see people get mad because there's a, a black stormtrooper in Star Wars. Uh, you never, you never see people get mad because Captain America's white. Obviously, you know, now he's not. <laughs> Just ruin a movie for people. I didn't see it. I read about it on Wikipedia. But obviously now he's not. Now Captain America is uh, Falcon. But that, that happened in the comics like seven years ago. So stay up, stay up to date if you really care. Uh, let's move on to the next story. This is going to be an all-female episode, apparently. This comes from The New Yorker. The Good Fight censored on CBS All Access. CBS censors The Good Fight for a musical short about China. You can't make jokes about China, guys. This is written by Emily Nussbaum. Nussbaum. Last Thursday, fans of The Good Fight, the darkly funny Trump-era spinoff of The Good Wife, created by the married showrunners Robert and Michelle King. Very great people. Uh, if you if you are interested in writing and the writing process, they've been on um, the Writers Panel podcast on Forever Dog Network. Check it out. It's a very good episode uh, or episode. I don't know. The last episode they were on uh, as of this 5-9-2019. Very good. Which is currently airing. Barely on the Locked Garden streaming site called CBS All Access. <laughs> <laughs> we're faced with something unusual. Uh, the, you, the viewers were. I think this is like, <laughs> sometimes you read something and it's editorialized and you think, you should think, okay, that's a little bit too much. But that was so funny when I read that last week. And it's the New Yorker, so you, I kind of I expect it at this point. But I thought that was a very, that was a cheekily pointed, uh, indif- not indifference, uh, direct attack on CBS All Access. <laughs> It's too many streaming networks, guys. I've said it all the time. A place card, a placard reading CBS has censored this content, filled the screen silently for eight and a half seconds. To many viewers, it looked like a joke. It wasn't. So what happened was uh, during an episode of The Good Fight uh, last week, there were there are animated uh, series. They're called Good Fight Shorts, uh, written by Jonathan Colton, written and performed by Jonathan Colton. He's from NPR. 
um, animated by Steve Engel, the co-founder of the Canadian shop Headgear Animation. But uh, Jonathan Colton is on uh, Ask Me Another on NPR, uh, the game show podcast. So check it out. It's a very, it's a very good. These are some very good recommendations to give you. And it's kind of they're they're kind of reminiscent of Schoolhouse Rock. Only reason I'm I know this is because I've I've read this article before. I read it last week, so now I'm just trying to uh, reattain the information and put it back to you. Regurgitate is that what I meant to say? And they made this um, uh, this segment about and I talked about uh, China, right? It was China. It's China, right? It's China. It's about China. It's a musical short about China. I'll just read it to you. The segment had been fully written and animated, then vetted by legal and run through all the regular corporate oversight. And uh, it was about China. And I think that CBS just doesn't want to piss people off in China. Anyway, CBS called it a creative solution. uh, After the Kings said that they wouldn't quit if they could just put this placard up and said CBS censored this and it's it's their fault. Eight and a half seconds of protest seemed like enough, after which they could cut back to the regular episode. As a result, many Good Fight viewers interpreted the sign as a satirical gesture, not a real indication that CBS had censored a forbidden subject. Uh, okay, so what was the subject? The Good Fight had featured musical segments about the PP tape and the NSA, not to mention a moving melancholic cartoon about immigration. Uh, as Michelle Goldberg wrote last week in the times, the show had become a cathartic outlet for viewers traumatized by the Trump era set at a made majority African-American law firm where, okay, hold on. Uh, describe what the cartoon was. Colton told me that the censored song is called banned in China. Full disclosure. Colton is a friend. It begins with a verse about the fact that the good wife itself had been banned in China in 2014, possibly in reprisal reprisal for a season two episode called The Great Firewall, which portrayed a Google-like company called Chum Hum, <laughs> exposing a Chinese dissident to government torture. The next verse of the song is about the way the company, the media companies censor content with animations of movie scenes being snipped out of film strips. So this is uh, very, this is very important. Uh, CBS, I understand that they don't want the backlash, um, but... They're a big company. They don't. They don't have to. They don't have to uh, renege on things like this. They don't have to back down. Um, I don't know if they have ties. I don't know if CBS corporate has ties to China. I don't know if there's, <laughs> if they are were worried about, <laughs> you know, pissing off uh, the Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Um, main thing. The main thing is that. China's already mad. I mean, they're already mad at the U.S. It doesn't matter if they're going to be mad at CBS. What does CBS have to do? This is, all right, so this is the last paragraph from uh, Michelle King. Michelle King confirmed for me that, quote, the cartoon was about American entertainment and companies censoring themselves in order to appease the Chinese market, which is, which is <laughs> exactly, you know, ironic that that happened, that that happened by uh, coming from CBS. The Kings would not describe for me internal conversations at CBS about the company's motives for censoring the segment. But Colton said that the network standards and practices division had expressed concern that such a sequence would endanger CBS executives on the ground in China. Which fine, I guess, but whatever it's, I, uh, you know, you, the U S the U S would do something about it. Obviously. I don't know who knows. 
But this is just that's just since you know we're in America. They we shouldn't have to censor. Um, oh God! Oh my God! No, no, I'm turning into Alex Jones. <laughs> what if this is like? Uh, what show was it? Oh, it's like the Teachers Lounge podcast. Ah, oh, God, I just I'm referencing things that people don't listen to. Anyway, uh, listen to Teachers Lounge podcast, but we shouldn't. There, CBS is a big enough company. Really, really, nothing should be have should have been censored. Uh, if things are said every day on Twitter, um, uh, and and CBS is just trying to remain neutral, I I believe you know on uh on Fox on the new Fox, uh, Last Man Standing. Tim Allen says stuff all the time on NB on ABC. He tried to say stuff um, on NBC. The Carmichael show says, well, it got canceled because it wasn't owned by the, by the, by the network. Uh, the Carmichael show said uh, the N word. Um, Network TV, and this is streaming of all things. This is streaming. Worst things have been said. I believe. What if? What if the good fight was on Netflix? Would it have done this? It would have done. It probably. They probably would have gotten away with it. Well, actually, I don't know because Netflix isn't is all around the world. But they probably would have gotten away with it if it was on HBO. It, they sure as heck would have gotten away with it. Uh, would have, and HBO would not even have said anything. They say stuff about that coffee cup and Game of Thrones, but they definitely wouldn't say anything about that. Uh, it's just troubling that they have to censor themselves. That CBS decided it was best for them to censor themselves. Okay, final topic. This comes from Deadline, written by Peter White, my cousin. I was going to say good friend, my good cousin. E cancels talk show Busy Tonight. Busy Phillips reveals end date and plans to shop the series elsewhere in late night Instagram post. Uh, very sad. May 16th will be, which is next week, will be the last episode of um, Busy Tonight. Now, I want to say this before I start anything. I did not watch the show. I did see uh, several segments, which probably make up an episode. I love, I think Busy Phillips is a very funny person. This show, from what I saw, suited her perfectly. I think my main issue has to be with it being on on E! And they ran it from Sunday to Thursday, I believe. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, so they ran it to Sunday to Wednesday. Which is a strange schedule. Uh, they wanted to do essentially a week thing, um, but it just doesn't make sense. The series, which is produced by Tina Fey's Little Stranger Banner and Wilshire Studios, moved from its original 10 p.m. home to 11 p.m. when it returned on January 7th, a move that Phillips previously called a vote of confidence. Uh, the actress added that it was lame that there would be just one woman in the late night uh, and late night at a time. The series will run four episodes this week and four episodes next week before it ends. It ends. It's end. And she's kind of right. It is. It's very not kind of. She's very right. It is stupid that we can't have more than one woman in late night. When Chelsea ended, uh, we got Sam B and um, Robin Thede, and then Robin Thede show was canceled by BET. Uh, and but we still have we still have uh, uh, Sam B doing full frontal. And I think Busy's show was so different from everybody. It kind of felt like it was a sleepover as opposed to a late night talk show because she would be out there in the in the comfortable clothes and uh, and dresses and her wedding dress. I believe she did one episode and pajamas. She would be out there and she would just sit on the couch having wine and she'd be so casual talking to her writers, talking to the audience, talking to the guests, whoever it was. They had huge guests. Uh, so this is kind of I kind of put this on E. 
I don't kind of. I very much put this on E. I was thinking about this last night. I was, I put it on E because it is, it's their fault. You shouldn't have ran the show for four episodes a week. Because I feel that would kind of strain. That would kind of that would strain somebody. That would strain a network. I don't think Busy was strained, but I think the network was strained. Uh, and they, you know, they, I could, I could, I can hear the brass now. The executives telling the producers, "Okay, we got to try something different. Try something different. All right, we'll try something different." And 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 you know, the producers were doing as much as they can, but trying to keep the spirit of the show. Uh, very sad. The show is going to end very soon. But you know what? Hopefully, they find a different home. And uh, what? Okay, Busy is hilarious. This is from an e-spokeswoman. Busy is a hilarious and charismatic talent, and we are grateful to the entire Busy Tonight team who has delivered countless laughs and heartwarming moments in what will be over a hundred episodes. So they had a hundred episodes, and that's the issue. And that's what I and that was one of the issues I had with um. Uh oh, God! Pete Holmes's show on TBS, the Pete Holmes talk show. They did TBS, and this is at a time when it was the late night shows were still, you know, uh, everything on broadcast. You know, the f- uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows on broadcast, and then the Daily Show uh, and Larry Wilmore's show before that got canceled. Um, and TBS. What said, all right, let's do this. And, and then Conan was on TBS too. So then uh, TBS, so that's what, what is that? 11, 11 shows. TBS said, all right, let's do this. Let's do this Pete Holmes talk show and let's shoot, let's shoot it in bulk. There's no current jokes, nothing like that. Nothing of a sort. And then they put out this show, uh, which it's evergreen, which is great. This, the sketches were hilarious. There's a James Bond, drunk James Bond's, uh, sketch that I love the Batman stuff, the uh, X mutants, the X Men, X X Men, or whatever it's called. Uh, that stuff was great, and uh, you know, there's and it was just Pete talking to his friends. You know, he's doing a, a monologue, an evergreen monologue, and then he's doing a sketch and uh, a, a pre-tape sketch, and then he's talking to his friends, and that was what it was. But they shot it in bulk, and he would be done for stretches for like he'd be he'd work for a couple of weeks and then be done for a little bit, and it would just put out these episodes, you know, one a day. And that is, that's not how you run a talk show. Uh, obviously you should be doing one episode a day and make it that day or the day before, if anything, if anything, I don't know how Ellen does hers. I I assume she only does them, um, you know, at 10 AM every day. I don't know. Noon. (laughs) I don't know how fast these things work. Actually I do. I do know. Uh, so it's, it, I mean, it really, it blows that busy cannot be busy on television. So they should have done one episode a week. Um, let's see the, uh, Desus and Miro, their show is being taken to two nights a week for the summer. And I think it's going to do gang. I think it's going to do really well. Uh, they're doing Mondays and Thursdays where they originally started on Thursdays. Busy show should have been Monday I was thinking about this, and I don't know if this is possible, but Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Monday through Wednesday. Not everybody has to do one episode a week, and not everybody has to do one episode a night. Uh, Last Week Tonight prevails. Last Week Tonight and Full Frontal prevail by doing these long-form stories once a week. Uh, Conan, Seth, Jimmy, all the Jimmys, (laughs) Stephen, they do well because they're able to 
do what do what late night was originally was and produce an episode a day four days a week some of them doing five days a week which i think is just jimmy and uh steven at this point doing five days a week um maybe even seth and james too but i definitely know kimmel doesn't do it uh and then and then other people can do well with two days a week and this is i know this is only the first week for daces and miro but they did a great job uh, with their first episode this week, and I assume the Thursday episode is just going to be just as funny. Uh, although I don't appear, appreciate the Taylor Swift jokes. Taylor Swift's better than anybody they listen to. <laughs> you hear that? Daces and Miro. Desus, Desnos. You're my guys. You're my friends. I hope so. <laughs> I would hate to be on the other end of a verbal Twitter argument with them. A verbal Twitter argument. <laughs> Here we go. Typing down the title <laughs> but i th- the what the lesson is here is oh and uh who else uh oh god what is his name he's the british guy i'm sitting in front of my laptop jim jeffries jim jeffries he has he has a show that's once a week um clapper jordan clapper's coming back in a couple of weeks with a show i should i should watch that i should watch his show i have the screeners uh but here's the thing here's what i'm gonna get at. Let's add more diverse versus diverse voices to late night. Uh, and more importantly, for those diverse voices, let's make sure that you're different enough to survive. Because you can't, we can't just come out here. If, if uh, Sterling K. Brown wanted to host a show or, and he came out with uh, a late night show that was very, very, very tightly reminiscent of uh, Fallon's or Corden's, then it would not survive. But if he came out with a show that was like Guy Branham's show, talk show, the game show, uh, wherein famous people would come on the show, pimp their stuff and earn points and try to and try to beat other famous people in that same episode or Conan uh, cutting his his hour down to a half hour and packing so much comedy into 20 minutes. Uh, or busy sitting on a couch drinking wine with her new celebrity friend uh, Anne Hathaway, uh, or uh, or Sam B, or John Oliver, or any of these other people out there that well, I just named all the people, Daisy Samira, who are doing it different. Uh, even Billy on the Street, Billy on the Street felt like a late night talk. It wasn't late night, but it felt like a late night talk show because it was him interviewing people and running around, and it was airing at late at night. <laughs> the Chris Gathered Show, different. It was different, even though the Chris Gathered Show did fail, uh, ultimately. So let's let's get it. Let's let's be different. Let's put up let's let's put up a different late night show. I have a late night show idea. I want to do as a live show first. Obviously, I right now I want to do as a live show. I think it's a very funny idea. It mixes two uh, show styles, reality show styles. That I think are a very funny mix. And one day I would hopefully over that before the end of the summer, I will put it on and I will get a fame working in a news station. I, I do have contacts to people who are very famous locally. <laughs> you know, they have like 7000 Twitter followers. <laughs> And people in the Atlanta area will know them like, oh, uh, NBC, <laughs> you're on uh, Channel 11, right? It's not even the right channel. It's Channel 6. <sighs> hey, listen, if you like what you heard here, why don't you head over to Web? <laughs> Sorry, just had a stroke. If you like what you heard here, why don't you head on over to the website, seaplescounty.com, where there's so many great things. 
that uh, the website is down and it'll be up <laughs> hopefully next week, next Wednesday when I get paid. <laughs> it's an embarrassing admission. Uh, and in the meantime, tell your friends to subscribe to the Constitutionals podcast, both in audio form on any podcasting service. Can you believe that? iTunes, check. Spotify, check. Stitcher, check. The rest, check. Do it. Tell your friends. It'll be great. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash comedy, where you can see a video version of the show. See me in all my glory. See me at this low angle that this GoPro was recording me at. See the microphone sitting in my face coming from the left side or camera right if you've been working in the industry like me. I thought about that this morning. I've been working in the industry for three years, the TV industry, for three years, on and off. <laughs> let's, let's be real, on and off. Hopefully on. <laughs> Hopefully on for the next couple of years. No, forever, for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. I don't know why I just said the next couple of years. Please, God, please. That's not a joke. Um, and uh, on the YouTube channel, you also see the show News Time, which is a weekly news show I produce. It's like a daily show, but less funny. I take one story a week, and I di- diversify it. <laughs> This week's episode is about something or rather, I don't know, I forgot. It's been so long. I have to get to work on this next one. But with this full-time job, daddy can't write it. I will. Don't worry about that. Uh, Thank you for listening. I very much appreciate it. You're the best. Thank you. One more time. Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) So stupid.